Welcome to the Future of Customer Service Podcast. I'm Andrea Paulton from Inventa, and I will be interviewing customer support and service professionals to see what is currently working well, what issues they're trying to overcome, and the future success of customer service. Hello, today we have Charlotte Purvis. She's a customer service consultant and author. Thank you so much for being here, Charlotte. I want to know more about exactly what you do as a customer service consultant. Well, thank you for the invitation. And for the last 20 plus years, I have been a customer service consultant primarily for companies, but also with community organizations, church organizations. I've even worked on it with campus organizations and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I do. I literally take every aspect of the customer service delivery and I ask the questions. Why are we saying this? So you sit, yeah. you sit with the actual customer service folks and just really pick apart what's happening. Why are you saying this? What's the outcome? That type of thing. Absolutely. What it, and when you listen to that call, did you notice that when you said such and such, did you notice that the person had to ask you what that meant? Maybe it was an acronym. Maybe it was what I call a big college word. Who knows? So I, I am the person who has the luxury of analyzing everything we say and do with our customers asking those questions, but also helping to develop solutions. So I am a customer service consultant, as you mentioned, a coach and so forth, but I'm also a customer service enthusiast. I enjoy observing customer service. I enjoy being a customer. I enjoy reading about customer service. I am very passionate about this. And thankfully I have had a number of clients over these years who have uh, taken their customer satisfaction, their overall leadership development to the next level by paying attention to their customer service. So when these clients, before they come to you, what is usually missing or what are they trying to fix before they say, okay, Charlotte, we need your help? What they are typically trying to fix is customer satisfaction scores. That's a big one. They're also, interestingly, trying to fix their brand, their image with their customers, their image in their industry, for example. They are also trying to fix the motivation and the morale of the people who are delivering customer service, who are getting burned out, who are not pleased themselves with the level of customer service they are providing. So that's when they call me. And I've been very fortunate because Typically, when they call me, it's because of a referral or repeat business. So I typically am, can jump right in. And I have um, a reputation, I'll say, for how much I enjoy working with those frontline customer service professionals. And um, all I can say is I can say two things. One is that my clients have had great results organizationally. But one of the other outcomes of the work that I do is that the customer service professionals, many of them have taken the lessons learned in customer service and have gone on to higher levels of leadership 
and they credit what they learned in the customer service center or in the customer service role with their ability to go to that next level. So that's something I'm very proud of. Oh yeah, as you should, as you should. So when you come in and don't name any names, when you come into a company and it's really broken, the customer service scores are horrible, is it usually leadership that didn't understand what to do? Or is it usually the people on the front lines, on the phones that were doing things incorrect? You just tapped into something that it took me a while to learn. I used to say customer service begins when we answer the telephone, for example. And now I say customer service begins with the leadership. So whereas I typically would request to go straight to the front line, I, I like being in the center or on the telephone with the people providing the service. Typically now I say, take me to your leader. Let's have some conversation. I want to know on that call where that customer just hung up out of frustration. I need to know what kind of environment you're creating that says to that customer service professional that that is okay. You've, you've done something in this organization that says if a customer hangs up, then guess what? Tough. I mean, it happens. Um, what is one of the lines that you, people use? They'll say, you just can't please all the people all the time, for example. And so I now use those words. What kind of environment have we created here that says that the customer was so frustrated that they hung up, but get this, the customer service professional didn't even report that, didn't even think of that as anything to report. And the only way we found out about it is through the call calibration. So I'm sitting on a call calibration and I hear a customer say, this is too complicated. I just, you know, you all are just doing too much over there. I can't, I'm already having a tough time and I can't deal with this anymore. Click. And it wasn't even reported. So to answer the question, when I started out, I thought I would go to the front line. Now I go, take me to your leaders and let's have a conversation. Yeah. So then you go to the leader, you see what's not working. Then, do, so you go on calls, obviously you just, we're talking about that. And then what, like, what do you do? Do you give them like a strategic plan or do you, do you do mock calls? Like what does the engagement look like with you? Yeah. The engagement is typically what many of us try to avoid, but which, but that's something that I actually enjoy, interestingly enough, is that conversation. To have that conversation that everybody else has been tiptoeing around it. The reason I enjoy it, because I know this, I know that it's not about me and it's not about the leader, it's about the customer. So I don't, I have no fear. <laughs> I have no concern at all, because I'm not even talking about what's important to me. I'm talking about that customer who hung up. So I go, I have that conversation. And then I, yes, I start outlining some specific steps for us to take. Then we go to the front line. We set some new standards, set some new expectations. We go to our customer service professionals, I call them. And then we measure it, we monitor it. We measure, we monitor 
And then one day, all of us look around and we say, look at what we did. I had a client recently who shared with me that after we'd been working together for a while, that someone outside their organization said, essentially, the, the essence of the message was, there's your group and then there's everyone else. It's like you all, isn't that awesome? You That's all- That's really awesome. Yes, you're in a, you're in a we, don't even, we don't even think of you when we think of everybody else in this organization. There's you and there's everybody else. Get in line over here because you all are the stars. And when they shared that with me, that's what we want. That's what we want. And let me tell you, that has been a consistent theme with my clients. I'm proud to say I have some of the most awesome clients in the whole wide world. Oh, that's so that's huge because that that obviously speaks a lot to you, but also speaks a lot to your clients who are willing to learn and they're willing to change and willing to optimize what they're doing. Yeah. So let's talk about change a little bit. Um, so obviously with artificial intelligence, right, we're seeing more and more chatbots, knowledge centers and everything. Um, my first question to you is when you come to an organization, do you deal with that too? And do you help them out with that? Or is that almost separate? Cause you're talking more to the humans. Yes. Great place for us to, um, to take a look at, at this whole um, AI influence on customer experience. First of all, while I have opinions and I'm sure you do as well, what I appreciate about the approach I take, however, is that I don't give my opinion first. I speak on behalf of the customers. Here's what the customers have said in survey after survey after survey. We don't mind you offering different channels. That's perfectly fine with us. In fact, we prefer that you offer different channels. But there are two expectations. One is that we want all of those channels talking to each other. That's what the customers have been consistent in saying. And secondly, you can use any channel you want, but we want to be treated like humans. And what we found is that there are some systems that are written, the, the verbiage sounds like you're talking to a non-human. Mm -hmm. And the customers have been consistent about that. So, so I'll give you an example. A, a client of mine who knew about my work in the telephone space had this bright idea. It's like, oh, well, let's take a look at our um, chat, the verbiage for our chat. And you know what they did? They literally handed me 100% of their chat and said, translate it for us. Oh, And even now, just talking to you about that, just, I mean, I just have to sit back for a moment and think about that. <laughs> they, just, they just turned it over to me and then they took it back. I, I, I literally rewrote it as though we were talking to humans using all of my same, uh, the formula that I, that, I, that I developed and everything. Mm -hmm. And then get this, they had like three levels of approval, one of which was legal and I am proud to tell you that we passed all three levels of approval and now their chat sounds just, li just like 
the telephone, which yes. yeah, that's life so, is, yeah, that's so important. And that's, you know, that's what we teach and we talk about and we, we, we have and invent as the natural language processing because it is so frustrating when A, the consumer tries to type something in their natural language and then the chatbot doesn't understand it or vice versa, like you said, when the chatbot sounds like a robot and it's not this real fuzzy feeling, you know? Yes. So yes. that's that's awesome. So what, um, I do wanna ask you your personal opinion though, because you are a customer service um, thought leader. Where do you think, what's gonna happen in the future with artificial intelligence and the customer service space? What I believe is going to happen in the future is that we are going to realize that as in many transitions, maybe we've taken something too far in one direction and we didn't strike that balance. That's what we need. We need the balance of no matter, no matter the channel, these are human beings that we're speaking with on, on the other end of our communication. So let's strike that balance where we treat them like human beings, but also we're willing to evolve over time. We're willing to, to step back and say, you know, this is the fifth time today that someone has said that they, they, missed, uh, they misunderstood something that was on our chat. That's happened five times today. So you know what? Let's take a look at that. Somebody is going to set a standard that says, if this happens three times a day or two times a day, then that's a call out for us to, to, to step back. So here's what I believe we need in the future. We need someone who specializes in customer communication and who has an eye on all of the communication, email, chat, um, telephone, someone in that organization who, who has keeps their eye on all of the communication and makes sure that it matches our vi vision and our values and makes sure it matches what our customers are saying. That's what I see in the future that there's going to be, we're going to, we are going to strike more of a balance in the way we communicate with our customers. Yes, I love that. And, you know, a lot of times um, more junior customer service um, professionals, they're, they're scared that AI is going to take over their jobs, but you're always going to have to have an escalation point. You're always going to have to have a human looking at it. Just like you said, when the same mistake is happening five times and the chat is ending, there's an issue. We got to look into that. So there's always going to have to be that human component of it. Absolutely. And you, you think about a person who disengages a customer who disengages from the chat because it's like, this is just too much. This, I don't even know that has, you know, that response has nothing to do with what I just said. Then in the same way that remember the conversation I said earlier where the customer hung up, then speaking of the future, the future, my hope is that we will pay attention to disengagement in the same way we pay attention to a hang up on the, on the phone. Yeah. And we'll take it seriously. And we won't just say you can't please all the people all the time. Yeah. When really it's a part of our process that's in the way. Yeah. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking. That's, that would be part of my vision for the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. We definitely have to have that. So let's switch lanes a little bit. So um, earlier I introduced you as an author. So I'd love to hear about your book. Yes. 
So very excited about this. And as you, as you, I'm sure you're picking up on a theme, pretty much everything I say is all about my clients <laughs> because I have some of the most awesome clients in the whole wide world. And my clients have directed me a lot, my clients and then their customers. That's where I've learned a lot about customer service. And so one of the consistent themes among my clients is please, please write us a book. Please, please don't ever leave without writing us a book, writing a book for us. And so I am so pleased that this year uh, with the pandemic and everything, I had the time and the bandwidth to write a book. The book is The Customer Communication Formula how to communicate with your customers and boost your customer service brand. And I'm also proud to say that it's available in three formats, ebook, soft cover, hardcover. The book is really two books in one. So I wrote it for the customer service professionals, walking them through the three phases of their customer interaction, the, what I call the connection, the conversation and the closure, literally walking them through verbiage to use, thought processes, um, examples and so forth. And then in the second part of the book, I dedicate that to customer service leaders because of the conversation you and I had earlier, but also because so many of the customer service professionals that I've had the great privilege of partnering with have moved on to level, higher levels of leadership. So the book, that second section is for them as well. One of the features of the book is that, that I'm very proud of is that I also take the readers behind the scenes. I share what I call from my notebooks. So a lot of stories and examples from over 20 years of working in the area of customer service. And I am, um, I, I have very in-depth conversations with my clients and we get to know each other on a personal level. So I wanted the readers of the book to have that same experience. And so I have a chapter where I talk about myself and how Growing up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, some of the lessons I learned there, I'm literally using them now as a foundation for how to treat people, how to show respect toward people. Those lessons have paid off big time for me. So I let the readers into my life a bit so that they will know more about my perspective of, of customer communication. Oh, yeah, that's, that's neat. I think that's, I like that personability in there. So I'm going to ask you one last question. And this is um, one thing I would love for you to tell to the listeners, what's the number one thing that you recommend for customer service professionals to do? Oh, yeah, that is, you've really got me thinking on that one. The number one thing. Ah, how about if I, I do have something for you, may I read a paragraph from my book? Yes. Yes. I, now that you now that you say that, I I have something. Um, and so to the answer is to think of customer service differently. And I'll share a paragraph from my story. I end um, the book like this. When we think of customer service, we often think of procedures, processes, protocol. 
Customer service is so much more. As customer service professionals, organizational leaders, and consultants, we have an opportunity to influence organizations, to change lives, to be a blessing, and to make the world a better place, just as I learned in my beloved Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Oh, I love that. And this was not scheduled, guys, that she was going to read this. Just FYI. It was <laughs> not. Perfect. That's so perfect. So Charlotte, if somebody wants to reach out to you, either to learn more about you, hire you as a consultant, learn about your book, where do they go? Please visit my website, charlottepurvis.com. Also feel free to join me on Twitter at Speaker C Purvis. And I would really enjoy hearing from your listening audience. That would awesome. be a, that would be a real treat. That would be great. Awesome. Thank you. And you have been a real treat, Charlotte. I really appreciate you for, um, for being here and telling us more about customer service. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks so much for tuning in. This podcast was brought to you by Inventa. Inventa Symbolic AI implements natural language processing that requires no training data with Inventa's extensive lexicon and patented algorithms. Check out this robust customer interaction platform for your AI needs, from chatbots to search to knowledge centers and messenger platforms. Just go to our website to request a demo at inventa.com. That's I-N-B-E-N-T-A dot com. And if you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. Thank you.